0: Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK systems, valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
2: Just one sleep away from kicking off week six. NFC Showdown Thursday Night Football. This is a good one. A lot of intrigue, a lot of questions. Not really on the Tom Brady side. No, he is crushing it. Setting records at the age of 44. No Levante David, though, in this one, so we'll be breaking that down all week. The Buccaneers looking to keep it rolling. Jalen Hurts, that's the question mark I'm talking about. He's doing his thing. Can he and the Eagles stay hungry and make a statement on their home turf primetime battle? City of Brotherly Love, Thursday Night Football, tomorrow, 8 Eastern. NFL Network, Fox, and streaming on Prime Video, as we say... Good morning. To hey, you. welcome to GMFB, We're presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Yes, we are, and we are in New York City. The lovely D'Angelo Hall, eating at every bodega in Lower Manhattan.
3: <laughs> yes, I am. Y'all talking about what restaurants? I'm like, man, I just walk around and find something. Walk in there. Some of the best food I've ever had. Peter (laughs)
2: Schrager, Kyle Brad. My name is Kay Adams, and it's time for the lead block. block. Lead block. block. Let's do it. We've got your fast food football here on a Wednesday. The Cowboys. We're gonna talk about them. They've won four straight games. They are on fire. Are they the real deal? And after losing Week One to the defending champs, that play tomorrow night in Philly. Now they, the Cowboys, have the second best offense in the league. Amari Cooper said this week they've set their sights on something big this season.
3: Our mindset is on a championship. To be a championship, you want to be clean. Like, as an offense, our goal should be to score every drive. When you score every drive, how can you lose? You know, when you're on a roll like this, you start thinking about a Super Bowl. You know, I mean, that's, that's just the reality of it.
4: You start to want it more and more and more and more, the
3: closer you get.
2: He's thinking Lombardi, but they better not look past Sunday. They head to Foxboro to take on Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Never easy, especially there. How can the Patriots upset the Dallas Cowboys in week six? It, would it be an upset? I don't even know.
5: Yeah, if you ask Amari. Amari, they're going to win the rest of their games. And we're all, I can't believe Amari Cooper said that. Super Bowl talk. Yeah, he doesn't talk much. I, I like it. They deserved it. But if you're on the Patriots, they're coming into Foxborough where you have six banners hanging, mm. and we need a star. We need a star for the Patriots. Just get him in here. This is the guy I want to have a star day. This is the time. The Patriots just drafted him seconds earlier and they drafted him for evenings and afternoons like this. Now, Mac Jones is taking some fire. He's been taking some fire this week. Uh, a notable ex-AFC coach said that he's got a, a pea shooter arm. He compared him to Danny Werfel. Mm. If you follow football, it's a very loaded comments. There's a club of guys, Danny Werfel, Ken Dorsey, our Fred Chad Pennington, who are great football men who got accused of not having the arm strength. You got to chuck it this week, my man. Mac Jones, you did it plenty at Alabama. There was I can pull up 50 different highlights of you going downfield to Devontae Smith. The six-yard pass on third and 11 against the Cowboys offense is not going to work this week. The Patriots are 26 in scoring points. I know they're not exactly the greatest show on turf when it comes to perimeter weapons, Johnny Smith can get downfield. Nelson Aguilar can get downfield. If you're doing the pea shooter thing like they say you are, you're going to lose this game by 20 points. The Cowboys' offense is too good. Their defense is too fast. Mac Jones, I need a little bit of a star turn from you tonight, my man. I
6: I love it because this this is the beauty of our show. You come out there, you say, I need you to throw it. And you agree. I disagree. Peter! They're doing this thing on offense, and maybe it is just pea shooting or game managing But they are in these games, and they are keeping these offenses off the field. Hmm. What he did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was one thing. I thought the Houston comeback, instead of all of a sudden getting nervous and just throwing these long bombs, it was like five yards here, six yards here, soak up the clock, seven yards, field goal, touchdown, field goal.
2: Sounds Bradyish. It sounds very Bradyish. And
6: in fact, against <laughs> Dallas? Josh McDaniels had this quote yesterday. And I thought this was really interesting. I saw this quote here and he's talking about it. He says, I feel better about where we're at. I think by six to eight weeks, you kind of know what you're at. And more than anything else, what do you want to stop trying to get good at? That's really where you can waste your time as a coach. So they don't try the flea flicker, reverse jet sweep. It's like, this is working. Sure. We're, win- we're in these games. that We're getting by. They're maybe not built for that deal deep pass and it would really help if these running backs would start stop fumbling the darn ball if you've been watching these Patriots games it's one week after another this was oh we got our rookie Ramondre Stevenson his first career game fumbles okay well then we got Damian Harris what's he gonna do running backs this is not Patriots football all Belichick says is pass protect move the chains do not fumble Four fumbles from their running backs group through five games? That's not Patriots football, mm-hmm. so it sounds very boring, Kyle. It does. Take what they're giving you. Move the chains. Keep that Dallas offense off the field. They can win this game.
3: Yeah, take what they give you. Don't give them the football, right? I mean, you showed it. All of those fumbles. Dallas defense will give up yards, and I think the Patriots will have a chance to run the football and throw it around. Um, but they can't turn the football over, right? Dallas is giving up yards. They've given up explosive plays in the past game. Um, it's just about those turnovers. That defense thrives off of getting turnovers. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, we talk about Trayvon Diggs and how he's able to just go get the football at times. And it's because this defense they're opportunistic. If they get the chance and that ball's in the air, they have some guys on the back end that can make plays. So, you know, to me the recipe is obviously the Patriots can't turn the football over and then the Patriots defensively, they can't let Dallas control the line of scrimmage. Mm. And whether that's running the football with the two-headed monsters of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Tony Pollard, I never thought we'd be saying that right. With Zeke in the backfield, I never thought I'd be talking (laughs) about two-headed monsters with another guy. But it definitely works. And then we know about this passing game that Dallas has, they cannot let those guys get going. Um, I tell you what, I know everybody in that secondary is wishing they never got rid of Stephon Gilmore mm-hmm. when a team like this oh. comes to town because mm-hmm. they have so many explosive weapons on the outside. because
2: mm. sure, I like the quote from Mr. McDaniels, and I like like the it's going well. Keep, but it's at some point they have to turn it on, and I'm yeah. a little worried that this is a must-win game. I have high expectations for the Patriots, the organization does, Bill Belichick does, and this is the expectation is that they make the playoffs. They can't not make the playoffs two years in a row. And I'll tell you this, they are two wins, one against the Jets, one a really close one against the Texans last week. They have seven games remaining against teams that are currently in position to make the playoffs, including the Bills twice, the Chargers, and the Browns. So this game, Shriggs, I think is a must win because I have high expectations. I don't care how they do it. Pea shooting, what are we talking about Whatever it is, this is a must win against the Cowboys.
6: It's really, the Cowboys are really good. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they're coming into our building, though, and to your point and to Kyle's point, like, those banners, like, there's some sort of thing where, like, they're in our building at 430 on CBS. Like, are we really going to lose to the Cowboys? I don't remember the last time... That the Patriots were underdogs against the Cowboys, especially at home. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a different
3: Patriots team, too, mm-hmm. right? I mean, different we, era. Yeah. I, you know, and Promising so, young quarterback, well, top saying, five
2: defense, yeah. though, at some point you're going to have to turn it on if you want to make it into a crowded AFC playoff picture that better be week six.
3: And I don't see them getting into it because it I is do. a crowded a- uh, AFC pitcher. I mean, you talk about Mac Jones, he, he's going to. He's, he, He's still learning how to play the pitch. But he's not making mistakes. He's not, but he's not winning games either. And he I won think last he week. Always... He took
6: them on his back.
3: Here, he he was did. That was a game that him. they should have never I, I hate been, been in that situation, that. though. You want them you to have... Why did they draft the first?
5: picking this guy if they're like, well, we're not built for this. We're not... No, 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 no. Like, we, we got to go here. I think is right. Like, you don't go two and four. Not in that AFC... It's. I think it's time to take the blinders off. I get it. You get your feet wet and a little bit of this, but like Mac Jones, first round pick. We have to go. We got to win some games. Let's now. get this
2: thing going, Patriots. This it's will be a great game. There's card- a lot of great games. Trey, you were looking at the slate ahead of the <laughs> good. the week. What do we got? I we mean, got Packers Bears. Hello. Packers Bears.
6: We've got a Ravens Chargers game. I can't really? wait for. Yeah, and then Browns the, Cardinals is Browns Cardinals Monday night. Buffalo, Tennessee. Talk about it. All right, Derek Henry, let's see, man.
2: Love it at GMFB. Of course, breaking down what's going on tomorrow in Philadelphia between the defending champion Buccaneers and the Eagles. That's your TNF matchup. But let's welcome in Ian Rappaport now to get the latest. Ahead of Thursday Night Football tomorrow, what is the deal with Tom Brady's thumb? I hear a lot of finger and thumb talk at the quarterback position, but I hear he's wearing a glove. We will or will not see two tight ends on the field, Gronk and Goddard. What's going on?
7: We'll start with Tom Brady. Obviously, anytime you have an injury, to a throwing hand of a quarterback, especially a pretty good quarterback like Tom Brady. It is an issue, and Brady admitted that yesterday, basically saying, yeah, if it was my left hand, if it was something like that, I probably wouldn't be focusing on it, but it is my throwing hand. So yes, it could be an issue it is a thumb we saw him icing it you actually saw it right there on the sidelines a couple days ago Brady said that he believes the pain associated with this is going to probably be gone in a day or two not a serious injury at all so not nothing but not serious has been limited participation the last couple days should be good to go on Thursday remains to be seen about Rob Gronkowski though remember he had several fractured ribs and also a tiny puncture in his lung he's missed the last two games they were holding out some hope they would be able to practice before thursday night's game he has not practiced yet bruce arian said it would be close as of right now just based on the practice participation doesn't look great but we will see if gronk is able to get out there and practice today meanwhile dallas goddard the tight end for the philadelphia eagles their opponent also does not seem like he is going to play on Thursday night. Tested positive for COVID-19. He popped up on the COVID list yesterday. He would need two negative tests 24 hours apart to play. That would mean he would need a negative test today and then one tomorrow. And also have no symptoms. Seems pretty far-fetched. I would say unlikely, possible, but pretty unlikely they have Dallas got it on Thursday
2: big bummer for Jalen Hurts. Sh- I've seen him show up. I've seen him not show up. So I'm excited to see what they can do. As we all know, there are plays to be made against that Tampa secondary in week six, which kicks off tomorrow night on NFL Network. Thanks so much, Ian. How about the Steelers, though? Steelers, a little confused about them. They're like the anti-2020 Steelers, starting slow and maybe hopefully getting better. They are coming off a much-needed win against the Broncos, and they're looking to take on the Seahawks Sunday without their star-wide receiver, Juju Smith Schuster, with more from Pittsburgh. Here's a Kinkabala. Good morning, Aditi.
8: Mike Tomlin confirmed that Juju Smith Schuster will indeed undergo surgery on his shoulder Wednesday, which signals the almost assured end of a brief but fan captivating era here in Pittsburgh. Smith-Schuster is just 24 years old, but he ranks fifth on quarterback Ben Roethlisberger's all-time touchdown connection list. And the verve with which he played definitely captured the hearts of fans in Pittsburgh. Take a listen to what Tomlin said.
4: Sorry for Juju. I'm appreciative of him, uh, the spirit that he brings, the the effort that he brings, the quality of his play. Um, But that's what makes football the ultimate team game. We'll be calling on a number of people to bridge the gap in the short and the long term in terms of bringing what he provides. When you're talking about losing a guy like Juju and how he functions within the framework of our offense, usually you're talking about multiple people
8: When Tomlin says that, he's talking about James Washington, who had a breakout year in 2019, who's been the odd man out, but who Roethlisberger has a lot of faith in. He's talking about Ray-Ray McLeod, who up until now has been the Steelers' primary return man. But regardless, these Steelers fancy themselves a power-running team, and they are most buoyed this past weekend by the effort from their offensive line. And so, ultimately, what will most foretell this Steelers offense's success will be the play of that line and the running of Najee Harris, much more so than the availability of any wide receivers.
2: Thanks you so much, Aditi. Some good things, some positivity. She mentioned the offensive line in Week 5's win. Uh, some are still not sure that they're fully back on track. So time for a good old temperature check, guys. What do we need to see from the Steelers in the next I don't know, let's say four weeks or so, to convince us that they are, in fact, back in the mix.
6: You know, Aditi mentions Ray-Ray McLeod, who is a receiver out of Clemson. Like, he's going to have to step up. James Washington, hello. Like, this might be the year that you step up. Guys need to step up for us to know if they're going to be in the mix. And I think they've got the perfect game this weekend. It's a Sunday mm-hmm. night game, and I can't believe I'm saying this because we go back a few months and it's like... I, the worst defense in the league is coming Like, the Seahawks are a sieve they're right not, now. Bad. Like, this is your get-right game. So for me, so I, weird. I would start with this and be like, okay, here we are, we're home, it's at night, and this team is ailing on defense. To me, it's like, okay, look at the schedule. We have something that we can at least See ourselves doing it. We can envision it. We can make it happen. <laughs> Seahawks haven't been able to stop anyone this year. It's really been a disappointing year for Seattle's defense. So Pittsburgh should capitalize. Right. Like, go at, we're the Steelers. Yeah. Like, it's at home. It's on Sunday night. Go do your thing and go push around a team that's been
3: pushed around by a lot of inferior different offenses over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Peter, you're absolutely right. And even hearing Aditi say this offensive line, them running the football, I need to see this offensive line continue to take the onus on itself to outpower the other defensive line. They have to be able to run the football. When you have a player like Najee Harris, you have to get him established. And he's not the kind of back that can get off on 10 to 12 carries. He's a volume back. You got to get him at least 20 to 30 carries a game. Or at least touches. Exactly. And it it simplifies things for Big Ben. Because at this point in his career, he's not going out there dicing anybody. (laughs) But... If you, have that run, if you have that run game and it's a steady run game, Big Ben can take those shots down the field. As you saw them do against Denver, they won some of those one-on-ones. Those receivers went mm-hmm. up, uh, caught some footballs down the field, and it just makes things a little bit easier. But to me, I need to see them have a commitment to running the football. Mm-hmm. You talked about it, Peter. This Seattle defense is terrible. This is mm-hmm. the team. And so if you want to run the football like you did last week, get it started early and often. Najee Harris, let's go. I would take the ball if they win the toss, and on the first six <laughs> plays, run,
5: just run, 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 and see what <laughs> Seattle's made of. The deal with Pittsburgh is they're going to have to probably go nine and three from here on out to make the playoffs. I mean, that's that is a bit maybe eight and four gets them in, but I think nine and three. And I agree with the running game, and I agree with the defense. I, if to me, it comes back to number seven. Like this last week against Denver, felt like an, an elimination game—not for him, but like for for his career almost. Mm-hmm. Like he was. He was on the on the mat. Um, it's funny that did used the word verve. Like you don't hear that word, but it's exactly what I wanna see from Rothesburger my pec hurts. I'm sore. Screw it. I don't have Juju out there. They're going to get killed. I don't think they're good enough. I think every week is an elimination round for him because he is way down and 9-3 and three from this point out in the AFC. Roethlisberger has to be incredible.
2: Bush is back. Their defense figuring it out. Their offensive line figuring it out. Najee looks good. Do you think, Shregs, even though you're saying that McLeod or whatever is Ray going to Ray. step Ray-Ray McLeod, this team is only to, going to go as far as Big Ben takes them, true or false? Yeah,
6: and look, you got Geno Smith coming to town. Nothing against Geno, but like you got to beat the games against no, the quarterbacks yeah. that aren't at your level. There's going to yeah, be a yeah. lot of great quarterbacks in this league. I'm okay with him losing some of these games to these other shootout quarterbacks, but this one, like, mm-hmm. Seattle,
2: yeah. But against a quality defense last week, I mean, that first touchdown throw to Deontay was awesome. Johnson, right. that a right yarder. Gates. I was like, oh.
6: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Does he still have a little something in the tank? I'd like to see that on Sunday night.
5: Peter, the Bucks and Tom Brady headed to Philly Thursday night football. Is that any good? Brady on a Thursday night? Now, Brady versus Jalen Hurts. Brady got quite a
0: history against the Eagles. We'll get into it.
2: It's week six. It kicks off tomorrow with the champs heading into hostile territory to take on the Eagles. Jalen Hurts and company wanting to make a statement on their home turf. Primetime battle. City of brotherly love. Thursday night football. Bucks. Eagles. Tomorrow, 8 p.m. on NFL Network, Fox, and streaming on Prime Video. We're in New York City. It's the middle of October. Halloween costumes happening.
5: Mmm. Yeah, Halloween yeah. on a Sunday this year, okay. so we may jump in early on Friday. I'm into it. Okay. We'll I, last year, I was Bill Belichick for the entire show. Um, <laughs> what are, where were you? was two? Tom Landry, I believe. Yeah, Tom Landry, yeah. what's with the great coaches.
2: It was like right when we got back in studio, right?
5: It was the first week yeah. after home shows for months we did costumes. D'Angelo, you a Halloween costume guy?
3: You got kids. But I'm not a costume guy, okay. personally. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not against them, so, you know, I could be I could be persuaded. Okay. At
2: GMFE, with your thoughts, <laughs> we will hit the lead block. Lead block. Lead, block. lead block. lead block. Let's do what's going down tomorrow. Tonight it's Brady and the Bucks heading to Philadelphia to take on Jalen Hurts and the surging Eagles, our very own Sarah Walsh, Mike Garofalo. They have the latest on both squads ahead of this matchup on NFL Network.
10: Tom Brady addressed the media with his right-hand bandage because he suffered that thumb injury in the second quarter of Sunday's game. Clearly, it didn't affect his stat line, and his offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, told us he didn't even know until very late in the game that Brady was injured at all. Brady said it's not serious, although it is on his throwing hand, but he said he is confident he will be fine and ready to go on Thursday. This was basically a walkthrough for the Buccaneers, and Bruce Arian said in the little bit that he saw Tom throwing it around. He said he didn't notice any pain at all as for the status of a couple other Bucs starters well they are in far more jeopardy Antoine Winfield Jr. is still on the concussion protocol if he can't pass that by Wednesday he will not get on the plane and go to Philadelphia Rob Gronkowski battling that rib injury Arian said he has made some really good progress and Levante David is not expected to play on Thursday night given that ankle sprain for more on the Eagles we send it to Mike Garofolo.
6: Thank you, Sarah. Here in Philadelphia, the Eagles preparing on a short week for the first time with Nick Sirianni as head coach and Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback. So Sirianni telling reporters, we're going to have to focus on what we're comfortable doing, what we do well. So he'll cherry pick from the first couple of weeks of the season, the game plans there, rather than try to get creative against an experienced team that's been through this plenty of times before. Meanwhile, the Eagles expected to be without tight end Dallas Goddard, he was placed on the COVID-19 list on Tuesday. I'm told it was a positive test and that Goddard is vaccinated. That means that he needs two negative tests 24 hours apart. It seems unlikely that he will get them before Thursday. So one of the key players for the Eagles on offense expected to be out against
2: Tampa. Thank you so much to Sarah and Mike Garofolo, Sarah Walsh, Mike Garofolo. the Bucks sitting pretty at four and one in a stacked NFC Uh I don't like this question about removing doubt. They, of course, fell to the Rams in an exciting game. What a showing by the LA Rams there. D'Angelo, had they removed all doubt?
3: You know, I think they've removed some doubt for me. To me, the biggest concern for the Bucks was they were just injured. They were so banged up, especially in the secondary. Guys who were forced into playing time in different roles, right? You, mm-hmm. you know, you take a guy like Ross Cockrell. You know, he's a good corner when you need him to come in sparingly. But to go out there and be the primary guy who's going to guard a guy in the slot is probably not a good matchup. And you saw the Rams take advantage of that. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and so for me, as guys start to get healthier... I started to believe more and more, you know, in this Bucks team. You know, it was defensively for me. Um, was the big question mark. I think offensively, we, we, we've all talked about how Tom Brady looks amazing. But it's this Bucks defense. And so, you know, to get JPP back in the fold, to get Jamel Dean back in the fold, I don't know if, um, you know, Antoine Winfield will be out there. He'll be missed. Levante David will be missed. You know, they're getting guys back, but then other guys are injured as well. And mm-hmm. in this league, if you can stay healthy, you have the best chance. And i tell you what, last year the Bucs stayed stay healthy. healthy. They were lucky. So if they can continue to, no you know, kind of catch those sense. breaks... Mm-hmm. I do trust the Bucks right now. They are the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. You mentioned Levante David's injury. It happens
6: in mm-hmm. this blowout of a game, and you're watching it, and it's like, oh, wait, wait, guys, guys, 54 is down. Like, yeah. that's a big deal. And it's like, well, the Buccaneers are blowing them out. Like, no, 54 so- matters a yes. lot. Like, it almost rather that than the three-touchdown win mm-hmm. have him healthy. So, last year's team, you're right on. Like, they were never – they had Vea down for a couple weeks. Winfield went down for the playoffs when they came back for the Super Bowl. It never stung them, and it was like, when's that injury bug going to happen? It's happening, and they're winning games anyway. The one thing I would say, and it is like poking holes in a, you know, a beautiful painting, like, what mm-hmm. don't you like about it? Because they are having a good season. I look at what the pass rush is doing, and I think it's underwhelming me. Honestly, I think yeah. they're getting there right in the middle of the pack. They're yes. at like 18th in sacks, and they're getting to quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But I thought when you bring back Shaq Barrett, and yeah. you bring back JPP, and you bring back Sue, and you add the rookie try-on, and yeah. then you've got, you got Vita Vea in the middle clock, and like, I thought that it was going to be all season, just them dominating offensive lines. It hasn't been that. So with the defensive backfield, little banged up. I think their up front, needs to get even better. Mm. And that's poking holes in something that's been really good. Their defense has been just fine. I think Todd Bowles has done a great job weathering the storm with a lot of injuries. Well,
5: we saw that we, we spent the whole offseason watching the Super Bowl and their defensive line. It was like an infomercial. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we just thought that was going to be like that. It hasn't been that. No, it hasn't. And, and I agree. It, they feel like a, like a video game boss or something, like an end guy. How do There has to be a weakness. How can I beat them? I, I think the Rams' loss is really significant because I think – in the All-NFC, I think there's only maybe four or five teams out of 16 that if they don't get to the Super Bowl this year is an abject disappointment. And I think they're one of them. And I think the secondary was exposed, whether it's injury or just maybe they're not that good. And here's what, here's my concern. They're going to get to the playoffs. They're going to win a ton of games. They'll, they'll get a bye. Maybe they won't. The teams that will likely be waiting for them if the is not good. You're gonna have to go against Rodgers and Devontae. You're gonna have to go against the whole Dallas Cowboy deal. You're gonna have to go against maybe Kyler and DeAndre and all those guys. You're gonna have to go against the Rams again. Like these, these aren't, the like rough and tumble Baltimore teams or even Cleveland. These are the, we have the best wide receivers and quarterbacks in the whole league, the veteran guys. That's not who I want to face if my secondary is not one of my strengths and my pass rush is underwhelming. That could be a problem.
2: The thing is, they benefit not only for the extra game, this season they benefit from having the second place schedule it's something that I hadn't really considered so with all due respect to the Cardinals Rams and Packers I think the path to the one seed is a lot easier second place wildcard team last year they don't play the Packers they play the Colts instead of the Titans it's their extra game I feel like the Bills game is the only one that really stands out there they play three games guys just three measly games against teams in playoff position that includes two against the Panthers so we know they can win on the road they showed it last year having the playoffs go through Tampa, have to go through Tampa, is a huge advantage for them to walk to the Super Bowl. There are some big games this week. We've got an NFC North rivalry between the Bears and the Packers, of course. Get to see Justin Fields get his first taste of Aaron Rodgers and company. We've got Arizona and Cleveland. That's a big one. Week 6 starts tomorrow, which is what you're talking about. But let's talk about Sunday. Another big game. Chargers-Ravens, Herbert versus Lamar. Two MVP candidates on two 4-in-1 teams, both taking win streaks into m Bank Stadium. I love this matchup. So, let's talk about it. Which team has had the more impressive start, in your opinion, Chargers or Ravens, Riggs?
6: I'm gonna give the Ravens the nod here. I love what the Chargers are doing, trust me. If you've watched our show, you know our show has been all in on what the Chargers are doing with Brandon Staley, but the Ravens, how they've done it and who they've done it without, I think deserves uh, some mention. Let's look at some of the key injuries first here at Baltimore. This happened before the season even started with a lot of them. J.K. Dobbins, I had him as my number two breakout player in the entire NFL this year. Tore up his knee in a preseason game. Gus Edwards' knee. Rashad Bateman still hasn't played as our first round pick. Nick Boyle, the best blocking tight end in the league, has not played his knee. Ronnie Stanley signed a $100 million contract last year to play tackle, hasn't been on the field because of an ankle. Derek Wolf, a solid defensive end out. And then Marcus Peters out for the year, also with the knee. And they're winning in such dramatic fashion. They've been trailing late in these games. They were down by 11 against the Chiefs, and they found a way to win. The Lions game, you know that that one is the most improbable victory anyone's ever seen. Broncos, they were losing early, and they found a way to win. And then Monday night was a miracle win. they almost pulled out that Raiders game. They should have pulled out that Raiders game. I think the Ravens, to do what they're doing and to not just shut it all down. And I came in that morning after the Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards double injury that day and I said, I'm like, psychologically, I don't know if you can get over that. This is one of those deals where I think that could be the backbreaker. It hasn't been. Mm -hmm. They've rallied around it. They've galvanized. (laughs) I think what the Ravens are doing, already overcoming adversity. We're not even Halloween yet. And to be where they are on top alone at the AFC North, more impressive start than L.A., who has had an incredible start to the second year of Justin Herbert's career. Incredible points.
5: Incredible evidence, Peter. And I'm going incredible The other way. Let's it's go. It's the Chargers. You know what the most powerful thing in Los Angeles is? More so than than fame and money or anything. It is the term fresh face. If you are a fresh face, they will they will worship you there. Who is this person? Let's make them a star immediately. That's what they have. Not quarterback. At coach Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, is a fresh face in los angeles and by fresh i mean young looks like he's in seventh grade and when he came on our show as he had debuted as the chargers coach it felt like a kid doing a screen test for a sitcom or anything like that peter asked him you don't really know about you coach tell us check out this, guy. this is the head coach of the chargers uh
9: well number one i'm just so excited to be the head coach of the los angeles chargers i know that uh, you know a dream come true uh an honor you know the opportunity of a lifetime uh, i can say that much uh you know I know that uh, these last few days have been some of the most special of my life. And, you know, I think that the one thing that people are gonna learn about me is that I'm a competitor. uh, And that's the reason why I'm here. And uh, that's the reason why I'm excited to represent the Chargers, the city of LA, and uh, really establish something that people can be proud of.
5: That guy went into Arrowhead Stadium and won. I love it. That guy beat the Browns. That guy beat the Raiders. That guy started the season going across the country and beating Washington. And that guy's coaching in a city where it's supposed to be all about McVay and the Rams and the Super Bowl. And No, I think that's the best team in Los Angeles. And that Boy Scout we just watched there is a shoot-from-the-hip badass who will go for it on fourth and 50, <laughs> down 20 points. He doesn't care, and it all wins. Herbert is a very talented quarterback. A lot of coaches can mess that up. Brandon Staley has been the most pleasant surprise of this NFL season. I give all credit to the Chargers for
3: hiring him. We love this guy. Mm. Kyle, I gotta double down with you, man. Let's go, D. Hey, look, P- Peter, everything you said about the Ravens, you're absolutely right. But I know who Coach Harbaugh is. I know he can rally the troops. I know what Lamar Jackson brings to the table. The Chargers, though, I didn't know a whole lot about Brandon Staley, I had heard some whispers in the Rams locker room that, you know, didn't quite give me all the confidence in the world in Coach Staley. And I can sit here in front of everybody right now today and say, man, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Because to watch this team, typically you take a step back when you bring a new staff, especially a new offense. We hadn't seen Justin Herbert or this offense touch the field in the preseason. So I thought, what are they going to look like? I mean, what Joe Lombardi has done with this offense has been nothing short of amazing. Utilizing all those one-on-one matchups, Austin Eckler out the backfield. I mean, he is Alvin Kamar 2.0. Mm. I mean, the way he's able to get the ball, you know, in space, run, run routes. Um, defensively, all of those playmakers they have—Bosa, Derwin James, just coming off of what 17 tackles. Yep. You know, so Brandon Staley's ability to, to put his players in position to make plays—I mean, it has blown my mind. When you talk about the best team in LA right now, uh-huh. I think you're absolutely right, and uh-huh. I don't think you—I would have made that statement uh, five yeah. weeks ago, but five weeks into this season, <laughs> yes, it's I am a be- bel- believer in the Chargers, Brandon Staley, that uh-huh. staff, those players.
2: It's the three of us against you, Driggs. With the the Ravens. And it's to the Ravens' credit that this is the conversation. Because if you look at the Ravens, they're 34-8 and with Lamar Jackson as their starting quarterback. This is an organization that I have really high expectations for, so I'm not exactly blown away that they're doing it. They're really doing it, and they should. The Chargers, there's an expectation that comes with that team as well. It's that they're going to lose late Mm -hmm. in games, and it's just not happening. So the fact that they are rewriting their narrative, that they're, undoing and unpeeling layers of deep pain for Chargers fans. The fact that they're instilling fear in formidable opponents that they're going up against week in, week out, getting wins. They're rewriting decades of negativity. People are scared to face them. To me, I don't think I've ever seen a team change their identity so quickly, so overnight, than this L.A. Chargers team. And I don't think it's just Staley. Mm. I don't think it's just Herbert. I think it's the defense. I think it's all of it collectively. I think it is Derwin James and his positivity as a leader in that locker room as well. But they're all collectively are just rewriting it. And I don't—is there a team that's— I can't argue Really? Everything you
6: said was everything you said was gospel. I, I, they've been unbelievable. I can't argue, and there's such scar tissue from the Chargers fan base, and of course the Chargers in recent history, whether it be Nate Kading or mm-hmm. Marlon McCree, mm-hmm. or these endless playoff games where you're like, we should win this game, and they don't. <laughs> Kate, okay, you're right on, and I can't argue, and both teams have been awesome.
5: I just had a thought. Last year we had a, a home team play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. What if this year we have two? Mm. Yeah. What if this year we have <laughs> LA versus LA's. LA in LA? They're almost the front runners right now. That would be maybe the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. That would, hands down, be the coolest Can you game. get Rams, win. Chargers at So5 in the Super Bowl?
3: Oh, I'm <laughs> rooting for it.
2: I love it. Our next guest <laughs> certainly hyped up for this Thursday night action. We've got Eagles legend former running back Brian Westbrook joining the show after the break. Love when he stops by.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
9: Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days, like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com/PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear.
3: We now welcome to the show a legend of the game. He's a two-time Pro Bowler and an All-Pro. He's a member of the Eagles Hall of Fame. Former running back Brian
4: Westbrook. What bro? up? Good morning, guys. Good morning.
3: How's everything going? Oh, going good. Going good. Let's start with the Eagles week five win over the Panthers. You tweeted, as a player, it was always funny when fans weren't satisfied with the win. Yeah, we could have played better at times, but wasn't the ultimate goal to win the game? Ugly, cute. Winning was the goal. So let's start with the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who had a rough start to the game, but got the W. Ugly or not, a win is a win. What do you think of Jalen Hurts under center in Philly?
4: Well, you're right. I mean, there were plenty of fans, especially in Philly, basically saying, man, we should have won by more points. We should have did this. We should have did that. But at the end of the day, we won the football game. That's the most important part. Don't be upset about a win. I mean, when I look at Jalen Hurts, I believe he's a work in progress. He's a young quarterback that has started a total of nine games in the NFL, five this season and four last season towards the end of the year. he He has shown that he has the ability to win. He has a grit, the determination. He, the players love him. They love playing with him. Now he just has to perfect his game. And over time, when he has enough reps, when he has enough time, Uh, As a starting quarterback, he will perfect his game and he'll be a much better player.
5: Brian, the quarterback on the other side was born in 1977 and he is playing like an MVP. He might win the MVP this year. Tom Brady. It's fascinating. It's maddening in a way. You understand this. The body starts to change. You got the kids pulling on you. The diet changes, aches and pains and all that. What do you make of this guy as much as we've made of it? 44 years old, playing as well as he
4: is. Listen, I, I retired 10 years ago, and I knew my body at that point, probably two years before that, was saying, hey, this is enough football. And for Tom to still be playing at this point um, is just impressive, his longevity, his focus. I mean, just think about this. It, when You know, when you're young, you don't have any money, you don't have any Super Bowls, you haven't won anything. It's easy to be solely focused on winning and trying to win championships and getting paid. But now he has money, he has championships, he's gotten, you know, he's done everything that you could do on the football field, but he still remains focused. To me, that's the biggest and the thing that I look at the most. How how does Tom Brady remain focused when everyone else in the world probably would have been thinking about different things? What's the next chapter in my life? He remains focused solely on football and becoming the best quarterback and player that he can be.
2: Brian, so good to see you. Well, let's talk a little running backs, shall we? You are on a very impressive and very short list of Eagles greats. I'm talking you, LaShawn McCoy, Steve Van Buren, Wilbert Montgomery. Talk to me about Miles Sanders. Struggles a little bit to start this season. What do you need to see from him to make sure that he becomes part of that esteemed list of great backs with the Eagles?
4: Um, You know, I I think for Miles, he's going to need the touches. He hasn't got very many touches this season, and I think it's for a reason. I think he's a great player. He's shown quickness this year. He has the ability to take a five-yard run and turn it into a 75-yard touchdown. We've seen him do that in the past. So he has all the skill set that you need to be a great running back. The one thing that I think he can improve his game in is catching the ball out of the backfield. it's, it's, It's already been proven that Nick Sirianni wants to throw the football. He throws the ball an awful lot. And so he needs a running back that has the capability to hand stand, stand in the backfield and be handed the football but also be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. If Miles Sanders improves in that area I think now he'll be the type of running back that can stay on the field all three downs. That's the type of running back that Nick Sirianni wants. But until he does that I think Kenneth and uh, Kenneth Gainwell will continue to take some of those reps because he catches the ball very well out of the backfield. Mm-hmm.
6: Brian, we have you on the show, and I look at you, and it's like, all right, there was Roger Craig, there was Marshall Falk, Mm -hmm. there was Brian Westbrook, and it was a very certain kind of running back. We'll get you the yards (laughs) in the running game but almost more dangerous in the passing game. Today's generation is Kamara, of course. I like to talk about Cordarell Patterson, what he's doing down in Atlanta, going from a wide receiver and a kick returner to now basically being the number one back in Atlanta. When you see that reverse of it being a running back going to wide receiver, no, wide receiver to running back, how impressed are you with what he's doing out there for the Falcons?
4: Well, I'm really impressed. I'm not surprised because we see what he's able to do in the kick game. He's shifty, he's fast, he's a big, uh, a big football player. But he's also a guy that's smart. So now you say, hey, I want you to run a a zone to the left. He can do that. He can get the ball, make the first guy miss, and get you positive yards in the run game. And of course, he's already shown in the past game he's going to be a threat. He's going to be a guy that you can say, okay, we're going to start him lined up in the backfield. Then we're going to motion him out and he's going to run routes just as good as receivers. That's what you're looking for um, as far as an offensive player. You want to be multiple because when you're multiple, you have an advantage over the defense. At first, you're starting at a running set, and then you're motioning out to a passing set. That puts defenses in a disadvantage. They're guessing what's going to happen next. Now you have the advantage. So, listen, uh, Patterson has done a great job of just uh, making himself and reinventing himself. He came into this league as a, a kick returner, and he continues to show that he can be a valuable asset to any football team. Now, I've been very impressed by, by what he's been able to do so far this season.
5: Right, let's go back to Philadelphia. Tomorrow night, there's going to be a lot of eyes on Nick Sirianni. It's fun. It's great. What are your impressions as an ex-Eagle of the current head coach?
4: Well, when I look at Nick, I'm looking at a young coach. He's still trying to understand how to be the best head coach he can be, still figuring out what his lane is going to be there as a head coach. I think as a play caller, he's still figuring that out as well. So to me, this season for the Eagles and Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts is included in that, is all about learning who they're going to be. It's all about progress, getting better at the small things every single week. And I think last week when they played the, the, the Chiefs, the week before they played the Chiefs, he did a great job using motion, using shifts to get guys open, game-planning guys and scheming guys wide open. I think the beginning of the Panthers game, he didn't use as much motions and shifts. And they struggled in that first half. They kind of got things going in the second half. To me, that showed progress. That showed me that he mm-hmm. saw things weren't working in the first half, and now we have to change things up in the second half. That's important. so as far as the season goes I want to see Nick Sciana get a little bit better every single game and then we'll judge him at the end of the season we'll see where he was he had some shortcomings see where he had a lot of success but every single week we want to see him get a little bit better and he's done that thus far over the first five games of the season
3: wow that's amazing amazing well B West thank you for waking up this morning joining us here at the breakfast table we appreciate your time as always man I love you bro thanks
4: thanks bro take care now
3: I
6: don't think that's a burden. I think that's a a plus. I mean, I I wouldn't want to be in any different position than that, as are the guys that have been here before. And now you've got an influx of new guys. So they they weren't here the last year or two. So they they don't, we're not speaking the same language there. They're not feeling the same feelings that way. So I think everybody, we just all need to rise our game up and have that same urgency to get things done. Alright, there's Andy Reid. And this is We In or We Out. Here's how it works. I'm gonna say a statement. My co-hosts are gonna tell me whether they agree or disagree. And it's essentially you in with the comment or are you out with it? You just heard Andy Reed discussing how his team needs to get things together on defense. Now there are some reasons. New players, new faces, we'll come together, right? But this is really bad. Okay. And the Chiefs defense has fallen off even far worse than it has been the last few years. So let's look at the numbers here. They're at the bottom of the league in overall defense. And historically, the only team to ever rank last in the league in rush defense and still go on to win a Super Bowl was the 06 Colts. When they had their team with Bob Sanders and <laughs> Dwight Free and all those cats. And you, Rex they still found a way to beat the Bears. Yeah. So here's the question, though, because it's getting worse and worse. With mean, 38 yeah. points on, on Sunday night, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. The Chiefs' defense mm. is fixable. <laughs> Here we are as we enter week six. D'Angelo, we in or we
3: out? You guys are going to kill me. Everybody on. probably on social media is going to kill me. But I'm in. I think it is fixable. <laughs> you know, when you have such a high-powered offense on your side. Defensively, you just need to make a stop. You need to make a stop. You need to get off the field just sparingly in certain situations. To me, Kansas City doesn't need to have a top-ten defense. Mm You just need to be able to take away the football at times. They need to be able to get off the field at times on third down, right? They need to be able to hold teams in the red zone to three instead of giving up huge explosive plays like we saw down the football field. And so is it fixable? Absolutely. The same way teams defend Patrick Mahomes, maybe defend some of them that way. You cannot let the deep ball beat you, make teams be slow and methodical down the football field, hit passes in front of you, um, assignment perfect football, but I've been a part of bad defenses, and I know when you sit there, and you see those numbers. It's like, oh gosh, we're never gonna get out of that. Yeah. And they might have dug themselves too big a hole to climb up rankings-wise. But I think they can make a couple plays. I mm-hmm. believe in Spags, and I think some of these guys can can rise to the occasion. Mm. I don't have really anything. I'm just gonna go like that.
5: I'm gonna say no. <laughs> You're out? Yeah, I'm out. Because I mean, here's the thing:
3: 32nd,
5: they're last. Mm. They're not. Well, we're 25th and maybe we get to
3: 19th. There, DFL, D'Angelo. Can I ask you one DFL. question? Of course you can. You're saying that, but look at Dallas. Dallas is 30th, and we're talking about how great they are. Great Because they're taking the football away. They the league, away. The league takeaways. If you can yeah. steal possessions, yeah. it gives you a better chance I'm not chance seeing those big honey badger plays.
5: And, and here's my, my bigger point is that that whole, yeah, but we have Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill trump card. I think is lessened. I I think the other offenses are so much better than they were now, and Josh Allen and Herbert and all these AFC quarterbacks, it's not as big of a trump card. You you saw this the other night, they couldn't just say, whoosh, Hill to the end zone. It's, they don't have it anymore. And the last point I'll make is that I, I tweeted out the other day something to Chiefs fans, I said, the Bills, if they played that game 10 times, they would win seven out of 10. Chiefs fans replied like, no, they wouldn't. It might be 10. Yeah. Like they, Let's not forget, this is an old school self-loathing fan base who is panicking on the defense right now. Yeah.
2: The Cowboys also do this thing where they run the ball and the defense <laughs> really, really well. And I, now I'm being You're serious. Right. That helps right. their defense not have to be on the field as much. So I would hope that they could get Clyde Edwards-Alaire somebody going, I'll say it's fixable. They were the 31st best worst defense in 28, 2018, 2019. They moved up to 19. I don't mm. think they have to be top 10. Chris Jones, though, like he needs to come back. Mm. This is somebody, when I worked the preseason sidelines, Triggs, all I heard about was defensive player of the year, Chris Jones. Like those are things that were being talked about with what a dominant force. He can be so versatile using him everywhere. If they get him back and get into like a middling ground, I still think despite a tough AFC, they can make way. Yeah. I'm never going to count them out. In fact, I like love that everyone's hating on them right now because this is a team that I think is going to sneak up on people late. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,